Well, it's been another big week in sports and in footballs. We've got Scotty Pendlebury, our man Braden Cox, Jake Clark, myself to talk about all these uh, things on the Jock and Journo show for another week. Scotty, you're wearing your Los Angeles Lakers hat. You've got your uh, comfy grey tracksuit pants on. It's your day off, mate. You're in here doing all your recovery as usual. Tough result at the weekend. How are you feeling, mate? Yeah, not too bad. So, um, as you said, it was a, a tough one. You know, we started off pretty well, kicked the first couple, and then they, I think they kicked seven out of the next eight. And yeah, it sort of ebbed and flowed all day. Then, you know, going into three-quarter time, up by two points. And, yeah, just couldn't couldn't get the job done. I think with about seven or eight minutes to go, Braden Maynard hit the post. and would have been about a goal of difference. But, yeah, the, the Hawks were just too good. And, um, you know, we are competitive for, lo- for long periods of time. But, once again, and I've said it before on here, I think a lot of our... Skill decisions were, were pretty poor, and um, you know credit to Hawthorne. They've um, they've really found their mojo again. You know they've beat Adelaide the week before us. They're the last team to beat Sydney in sort of seven games, so they're they're going really well and playing some really good footy. And uh, yeah, we I thought we challenged them for large parts, but just couldn't get the job done. Now, when I played social basketball back in Geelong uh, back in the day, and my teammates used to miss open shots. I'd uh, crack it with them and uh, usually give them a bake. What do you do when one of your teammates you makes don't have a mistake? Time. You don't have time to think. You just literally – sometimes you might be out and they, you know, no one ever tries to make a mistake and that's yeah. the thing I think that fans forget. And um, You know, for, for one example, you know, Tommy Phillips on the weekend, he, I reckon, run about 150 metres to cover and save us a goal in the goal square only to then pretty much have no legs mm-hmm. to kick it. He went to kick it back and – Ruffy picked it off and then I think they ended up getting a goal from it and everyone in the stands would be like oh Tommy Phillips you know missed you know an easy kick and he's run 150 metres he saved us a goal otherwise it was a certain goal and then turned it over so in that situation you just pat him on the back and reward him for the good stuff he's done and he didn't mean to miss that kick I'm sure of it. So how do you address those skill breakdowns like in so quarter time half time I mean you're always talking to your teammates in these breaks how do you how do you how do you address these skill errors? Um, As you said, they're not trying to do it. it must be. Yeah, I think there's there's testing. certain um, scenarios. You know, if we kick the ball into areas we don't want to go to, um, you know, then you certainly address those ones. But if they're just genuine, you know, they're they're trying to have a go and um, you know miss the kick or it got turned over or it slid off the side of the boot, you know, I'm not going to sprint down and go. Oh, no one means to miss a kick. No. Um, as I said, if it's within our system and the way we want to play, you just keep encouraging to go for it. You know, because. You know, the, the opposite of that is we can be a really boring side and every time we get it, just kick it long down the line and yeah. hope we get a mark, play sort of mm. old school footy. But yeah. Or take the easy sidewards one. Yeah, yeah, or yep. go, or go um, you know, boundary all game or whatever. So, yeah, I think, you know, we, we've been very competitive for large parts of the year and, um, you know, getting through sides and having a crack, I think, just on the weekend. It's probably been since the, since the buy, our yeah. defensive stuff hasn't been good enough and... You know, Hawthorne kicked five goals on us from centre bounce on the weekend, and before the weekend, we were the best side at preventing goals from centre bounce. So yeah, um, yeah, that was a tough one to swallow because it was some, you know, a real strength of ours that that failed on the weekend. So yeah, look, we just get back on the horse and um, put a good week on the track and, and get ready for wrestling this week and. Um, yeah, really get after him from the start. We're going to talk about um, some controversial stuff that happened over the weekend in footy and also breakdown and stoppages in a second. Imagine for young players. I find it really interesting, just the game of risk you play in a stoppage. How do you know whether to go left or break right, follow your man, or just try and read the Ruckman's palm? So we'll get to that in a second. With all the talk about Collingwood at the moment, this last one on this, Scotty, do you think you're a better side than you were last year? Because everyone's sort of marking the team and, and the coach and that 
pretty harshly at the minute and uh, there's a lot of sort of external conversation. Do you reckon you've grown as a side since last year or are you stagnating? I think we've grown. We've definitely grown as a side. We're a lot more competitive um, against, you know, sort of everyone in the comp. Um, Whereas last year, you know, we got belted, you know, probably seven or eight times and then we had a few big wins and there was, you know, we really struggled to, to hang into games and, you know, it was almost like if it was our day, it was our day. And if it wasn't, we'll, we'll fair way off. And this year we've always found a way to, to get back in games and, um, you know, we've built some good leads that we've let go. But I think mentally we're getting stronger and, um, you know, we're, we're learning every week about, you know, ways to hold up under pressure and, and get better. And I think, um, I don't know what our win-loss was this time last year, but I think it was the same. It might be the same, but we're definitely definitely a better side than we were last year and, yeah, it's, you know, eight weeks to go for us and, you know, our focus is squarely just one week at a time and get everything right because I know, you know, there's there's always noise about, you know, can you get to finals mathematically and mm. the only way we can ever get there is by winning games and it's the same with every side. Yeah. So we have to take care of this week. We have to get a win against Essendon and then um, almost remove finals from the equation and yep. don't even worry about outcomes in eight weeks' time, whatever it is, just get after this week, look after this week and... Yep get a win and then reset ourselves for the next week and just small chunks and you know a clear example of that is, is Sydney how they're doing it they've seven of their last eight but all they're talking about is week at a time week yep. at a time and you know they're still not in the finals frame yet you know they're one game out but they've still got eight rounds to get there where's the so media just one yeah. one time one week at a time we love talking about finals that's uh, for certain last one on this it's important that the team doesn't throw up the white flag from here because if you do start no, getting no chance we will no chance. We'll, if you start getting belted now, it's going to cost the coach's coaching career. I think media-wise, you'd love it, wouldn't you, if we threw up the No, not flag. at all. Well, I don't think it. I think no, anyone who knows Nathan not, Buckley, Scott. I think let, me, let me finish this. Anyone who knows Nathan Buckley you knows. Go, well, you go. But, but anyone, like, no one, I don't think anyone, or certainly from my perspective, no one's cheering for um, Bucks to go down. Like, I think if, if anything, I think it's the opposite in a way because once you get to know him, you see what a uh, what a great bloke he is, and if anything, I think he deserves some stability um, and um, some support around him because he's been under a lot of pressure this year, clearly. And I think if he gets a decent run at it, a decent chance to show what a good coach he is, which we probably already know uh, by now, um, really. But I think if they start to get some blowout losses over the next two months, that could really cost him. But that's my view, not your view. No, what well, I think we've got, we've proved this year that we're a competitive football side, and. We're tough to play against for the majority, and we'll just bring that on Saturday. That attitude, clean up a little bit with with our defence, um, clean up a little bit with our ball, and, and yeah. see how we go. But um, yeah, definitely hasn't even entered my thinking that you know throw out the white flag. And if you know if I see that from players or whatever, it's uh, indictment on, on their professionalism. Yeah. Um, do you do any sort of play meetings or anything like that this week? So do you get everyone together? Like, because we talk about many talks about soul searching and you know player meetings and that sort of stuff. And like, do you do any of that? When do you see the need to call that sort of thing? We just we stick to the normal process we go through. So yeah. we just want to review, learn, um, and then prepare for precedent. So we reviewed the game. We looked at some things we didn't do well, and that's the beauty of footy. Every week it throws up things you're doing well and things you're not doing well. And as I said, you know, defensively from centre bounce, we're the best in the comp. And then on the weekend. For the round, we're worst in the comp. So, yeah, you know, oh, this week it rears its head. Let's address it. Let's fix it, and, and go on to Essendon. So, tell me about that. Tell me about the stoppage. Um, 
It was your 250 at the moment. We'll talk about that. A special moment with Jackson in a second. But we know when you're in a stoppage, right? And just say you've got Tommy Mitchell next to you and he goes left, yeah. right? And that leaves you in your position. Do you follow your man or do you read the tap, you know, off Brody or the opposition ruckman? Like, how do you know which way to go on a stoppage? Yeah, it's funny because like, you can watch every side tends to do it a bit differently. Yeah. Um, you know, Hawthorne. They play, and, and every side knows, that they play more of a point system, so guys own areas, and, you know, if I, say, was on... Like a triangle? Tom, yeah, like a triangle, and if I was on Tom Mitchell and I left him, mm. he would let me go because he owns that area, mm. um, and then on, you know, that that's that inside layer, and then the outside layer, they've got sort of points of the compass covered again, so... Yeah. Um, and so every yeah, stoppage, they, they're in the same position, yeah, so they know where... They're in different are. positions, but the, the position's the same name, Yep. so, you know, someone might be yelling out. Oh, I don't know what it is, heads yellow. or heads or yellow or brown or whatever it is, and they get to yeah. that spot. And yeah, uh, yeah, and then there's different calls from the rocks for hits, and um, yeah, and it, like most sides, I think anyone that lines up on the center square, so say center square players like wings, half forwards, mm. inside mids, you know all the stoppage structures mm. um, because at any moment in time, you know I might be on the ground 50 meters away, caught in a wrestle. And I need the half forward to go fill my role, and everyone shuffles up and yep. whatever. So everyone knows the roles and. Yeah, it's an it's really an interesting battle, and um, it's yeah, it's, so it's funny. You, but in my eyes, I think it's an overrated battle. Really? Um, Why is that? Well, the game's such a transition game. Turnover um, game. It's a turnover game, so um, I don't think that's how teams score like sixty, seventy percent. Yeah, so I think turnovers. stoppages. You want to minimise the da- damage at stoppages, and then get the game into that turnover game. Um, but that's. That's my view, mm-hmm. um, and I've always thought thought that that you know you really want to set up to not get Hurt. scored against, I suppose. Which and is you, what happened on the weekend. But then, yeah, exactly. But then <laughs> for us against and every like it's it's so different every week. And you know against Fremantle, we had our best scoring result from defensive mid stoppages, and it was out of the blue, out of nowhere. Wow. We just because you just in around stoppages, you need guys who can play the game that can you know sort of forget structure and all that and go play and win the footy and, and make it up as it's going along. And, Instinctive. Yeah, and, and the guys on the periphery, they they set you up as well with how they move and run and, and when they go and when they don't go. So, yeah, because, you know, you can win the win the stoppage and, you know, I'm not a massive fan of those junk kicks that go forward really quickly because Hawthorne have done it for so long. They set up, put the pressure on you, you junk kick it forward, they're in the right spot, bang. Yeah. Good luck getting it off them again. Yep. Bulldogs did it last year so well. They don't necessarily want to win the tap. No. Well, or are they? Um, yeah, I think it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, you so know, when you when Brody goes up, right? Yeah. So he so Brody know. Brody will tell us where he's going to put it. Yeah, and he'll say like bananas. Yeah. So something. whatever he, whatever he calls it. Yeah. And then you know, and you're he's, right, he's given the like a play, he's yeah. given a player like a wink and a nod. This is where it's going to go. Away they go. They they try and get it, and then you know the rest of us are sort of on our opponent. You know, trying to cover if they win it. Um, yeah. And as you said, it's that cat and mouse game of who's going to get it, who's going to move first. Um, you know, Sanderland's, you know, every team sets up to, to pick his pocket. So you've got, <laughs> you know, the whole system worked around um, him. And if your Ruckman wins it, you almost got no one there because you don't really actually think he's ever going to win it. So, <laughs> um, is it almost easier then when when you know who the dominant Ruckman is? Yep. Because when it's a 50-50 battle, it's... it's yeah, it's a, it's a lot easier. And that's whether you know, you know, say Brody's going to dominate or... Um, Sandy Sandy's going to dominate mm. you, Like you know where the majority Of the hits are going And you can cover The inside layers And the outside layers And you know If they win it You want to put them Under mass mass pressure That it's a hat kick forward And um, 
that was that was probably the the thing that the Bulldogs um, did really well. well. Melbourne do really well this year. Is Sydney have done it for a long long period of time. Is um, when they win the clearance, they handball out yeah. and they get that free runner with time and space to make the decision. So it's, there's no like junk kicks forward that just set the opposition up. You yep. know, bang, turnover away they go. So yep. um, and obviously if you miss a handball, it's in tight. There's still enough time to go put pressure on it, and you might get a secondary. Mm. Um, when I say secondary, I mean like secondary ball up against on other stoppage. So, yep. um, so do you like to handball or kick out of the stoppage? You're a kicker. I'm a handball. <laughs> I like to handball out, but there's there's times when also you've got to take territory. So you know I might win it. There's no no one there to Open. give a quick handball. So yep. you're trying to take yards down the line and you just want to contest from your forwards and, and see what happens which is a territory game yeah I always and then in the wet it's probably the opposite mm. you're trying to knock it on forward and just keep momentum going forward when I played finishing up on this when I played very bad football back in the day I always used to like try and decoding the opposition ruckman and midfielders system so it was always usually just colours or suburbs or a clock yeah. or something and you, could you look for that wink in the nod yeah well Sydney have do you do that yeah Sydney <laughs> They used to. It was like Bondi and Coogee. That's and, it. Yeah. Um, Suburbs. Yeah. Oh. And I, a few years ago, I remember um, scouting Adelaide and Sauce Jacob did some interesting things with his hands. Um, Hand signals. And I, I knew pretty much going into that game, based on what he was doing with his hands, where the ball was going to go. You watched him. Um, That's classic. Yeah, because it was just so consistent over an eight-week period that he kept doing it that I was like, well... Unless you change it this week, I think I know where you're going to go. And how did you go against Adelaide? That yeah, it was, yeah. I, well, you I knew, knew where I was going to go. It's another time. thing to know where it's going to go. Then it's another thing to actually go and get it. Have you heard any really funny ones? Funny codes? No, not really. Not that I can think of. What do you guys go with? No, we're, we're not much for us. <laughs> not no wink. Oh well, it has been a uh, it has been a big week, mate. And it was your two fiftieth. Um, didn't go to plan. I saw you were clapped off by your teammates uh, at the weekend, despite the disappointment of losing all form. But there are some great images of uh, photos of uh, you and your six week old now son. Seven week. Seven week. Sorry, son. Jacks before you went through the runner. And I reckon before you went through the banner. Excuse me. <laughs> And look, if the, these photos of you are smiling, mate. Smi- you're always yeah. so focused. You're always so robotic as you come up the race, so stern, but you're actually smiling, which is a, which is a rarity. How was that moment for you, mate? Because it looked pretty special. Yeah, it was. Um, it was really. Uh, I spoke to Alex about it after, and when he was born, um, she's like, "Oh, do you, th- do you think in six, seven weeks' time you'll take it through the banner? Yeah. If you get there for your two fiftieth, and I was sort of, oh, you'd be too small, and yeah, blah blah blah. But obviously, over the last seven weeks, getting to know him and um, yeah, it was an amazing um, moment for, for me and Alex. And yeah, just it was it was a bit different though. Like you just sort of walk up the race and usually you run up to the banner and then you get through and you go for a run. And, you know, for 249 games, that's what I've done. And yep. I walk out and you get Jackson. You sort of worry that it's too loud and he's yep. half asleep and, <laughs> uh, and you're just trying to talk to him. And yeah, he was really relaxed out there and yep. pretty chilled. But yeah, I had to sort of walk through the banner and then you walk around and give him back to Alex and then... The boys didn't really wait for me. They were on the opposite <laughs> wing, so I had a good 150 metre sprint in me. And, no, it was really special, and yeah, it was one of the one of the best moments of my career to, to be able to do that, and something to to look back on in um, you know eight nine years when I retire. And um, yeah, you are pretty usually cool. all, all business out on the field, mate. But I like this uh, this personal moment for you. How was Alex? We know she's just about as chilled um, as you are. Did she get nervous about you taking Jacks um, out there? Or? Oh, she was actually just a little bit nervous being out on the ground and sort of you know it's the first time she's ever been on the MCG and on the green stuff. Yeah, seeing how big the stadium is and how loud it is and um, yeah, she was like you know 
thought it might have been like too loud or yeah. whatever. But yeah, Jax was really chilled out and uh, yeah, she loved it as well. He's like you guys, Jax, isn't he? Um, so we get the uh, the message um, in the days leading up to your 250. What's the usual from you? It's like, whatever you do, don't tell us about the result of the boxing uh, match between Pac-Man and Horn at the weekend. So we're under strict instructions, no banter about the boxing, which was happening. Um, well, I had, it's funny, I had, so, because obviously 250, I had a group of mates that were like, oh, can you get us into the room pre-game um, yep. downstairs and watch it warm up? And I was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yep. I got... Organised a few passes for my mates to come down pre-game, um, and none of them rocked up because they were watching the Pacquiao oh, fight. Really? <laughs> and I seen them after the game. I was no like, "Who are you boys?" Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, we can't. We're watching the fight." And we I was like, well, don't you. tell me anything to do with the result. But they're like, "Yeah, we couldn't leave because we we're watching the fight." And I was like, "Oh, well, good blokes. I don't really want to talk to you because I'm going to go home and watch it myself." So, what did you think of the result, mate? You um, clearly the Australian Jeff Horn upset uh, Manny Pacquiao, one of your favourite athletes of all time, and it's caused a huge ruckus worldwide. You know, uh, American uh, sports writers calling Jeff Horn a pumpkin and saying that Manny Pac was uh, robbed, um, and that the uh, judges completely got it wrong because there's all the statistics, the CompuBox statistics were in favour, um, clearly in favour of a Manny Pacquiao win. Win, and I know you were a bit riled up about the result after it. What did you think? Um, yeah, it was interesting. I watched the fight um, and it's hard because when you've got the commentary, you know, they, it was Danny Green and um, I don't know, Chief or someone else, some American calling the fight and um, I thought it was actually a really competitive fight and I just thought Pacquiao probably edged him out with just the cleaner punches, um, did a bit more damage. Um, but yeah, I thought Jeff Horn put up a hell of a fight, pressured him, um, one thing that caught me by surprise was how big Horn was compared mm. to Pacquiao. You know, he would have been, oh, he had to have been eight, nine kilos heavier yeah. on fight night. And I, when I met them earlier this year um, out at Essendon, meeting they were similar size and they weren't, I didn't see that mismatch in size that much. And then obviously in the fight, it, it looked ring. like there was two guys in different weight division almost. He was so big, Jeff Horn. And um, yeah, I thought it was a really competitive fight. I thought Pacquiao won, you know, maybe by two, three rounds because he, Landed obviously a lot of the cleaner blows, and yeah. um, a lot of the pressure I thought that Horn was putting on was you know getting blocked or you know he caught him with some ripper punches. But on the whole, you know if you you know Pacquiao landed 190 to 90 punches and whatever, but it was a really competitive fight. Jeff Horn kept putting the pressure on mm. him, and I think he fought the fight that he had to to get a result. And um, credit to him, he, yep. he didn't sit back and get awed by the occasion and um, I thought Brisbane did it really well too like the event looked amazing up there outdoors and um, yeah it was I think they'll have a rematch which is good and hopefully it's in November in Australia somewhere and we'll Go up there, we'll get media passes and away we go. Nick Cocker, he's sounding quite cool and composed uh, just then and being very fair in his commentary. How would you describe his initial reaction uh, from what you can remember Sunday night? Well, his hero got robbed. <laughs> his, yeah. his, his childhood hero, current day hero, got, got absolutely robbed and I reckon there was about 12, 13 quick fire messages that <laughs> yeah. came through that... Was no, well, I was, giving you, guys, I was giving you guys commentary as the fight was going on and I was watching it and... I said, I thought, like, Horn put the pressure on, yep. tried to get after him, and I just thought Pacquiao's defence was really good and then made him pay. Yep. And I was surprised when they read out the result. But, yeah, as I said, credit to Jeff Horn because he, one thing he didn't do is he didn't get shell-shocked. And, no. you know, round nine, round nine was disastrous for him. I thought they were going to stop the fight. He got bashed from pillar to post in that round. And yep. almost, it was about seven seconds to go. Manny Pacquiao hit him in the centre of the ring and it 
he stumbled the whole way back into his corner and then almost just sat down. Yeah. It's the end of the round. And the umpire came over and said he wanted to stop the fight and they said, give us another round. And, um, and then, yeah, he come out in round 10 and just put the pressure on. He yeah. kept going for him and he kept trying. And But how big is that for his career now going forward? It's life changer. Yeah. Well, I think he's got – I think they'll have to do the rematch. And for him – he, so he gets he'll get credit for for how he fought him because nobody expected really much from him and he come out and he's exceeded expectations by a long way but I think they're going to want to see him do it again. Well, he's now you remember you go back to old boxing. Uh, well, I'm tipping he's never had a photo of him putting out the rubbish before. Yeah, like, that was in cool. today's Herald Sun. Yeah, so, primary school um, teacher. Yeah, and he's like I as I said I met him only briefly and he was such a nice fella. Humble guy. Oh, really humble. Yeah. So Good on it. While we're talking about uh, punching, let's touch on um, the Tommy Bug incident um, following the Bashahuli incident and the front page news with the AFL's diversity manager um, hitting blokes off the ball in local footy. Do you think the was it is it the tribunal? Is that what it got sent straight to Tom Bug? Tom Bug. Yep. Do you think they got it right? Absolutely. I think uh, it was going to be a five to seven match suspension. That would be fair. Uh, it was worse than the Basho Hooli hit, Scott, wasn't it? Because in this instance, Tommy Bug was looking at Callum Mills and that flush left jab. Um, and that was only. Well, he's left handed, Tommy Bug. Yeah. Was so it was not a jab. It was a fitting cross. Well, bang. Exactly. Like, as a fan of the game, yeah. um, and it's a touchy one for players to talk about because you never want to talk about tribunal hearings or whatever. You just let it go. And mm-hmm. um, what did you. Two think I suppose is yeah six, six matches you want to see. no no absolutely not and uh, I think the tribunal had to come down heavy after totally stuffing it up with the Bashahuli thing the week before they only gave him two matches because he was a good bloke the AFL appealed that he got four matches I think which was which is about right because in the Bashahuli one he just sort of swung a little bit blindly behind him which he can't do but this was worse because Tommy Bug was looking at his victim and knew exactly what he was doing so it was worse than that now Tommy Bug's got to rebuild his reputation. Because, you know, his, t- his opponents were saying it was a dog act and a cheap shot. And he's got to win back the trust of his teammates, which co-captain Nathan Jones um, said as much. I don't think Tommy Bugs in Melbourne's best team, uh, by the way. So come finals time, I didn't think he was going to be in there. But um, he's got a lot of work to do, Tommy Bugs, to rebuild his reputation as a footballer and not a thug on the field. Well, it, got, it drew a lot of comparisons from the Barry Hall-Brent Staker one. Yep. Which was, I guess... Interesting, but you can see why they did it. But Barry Hall, obviously a bigger name. Do you reckon this will haunt for, his uh, whole career. for the rest of his Absolutely. career, rest of his well, kind this, of life? He was already does, on the edge. It does hang around. Yeah. As I said, like players get branded with stuff really quickly. Yeah. Like, so Tom Hawkins is the first guy who got suspended from the jumper punch. And yeah. It does stick. Matty Lloyd, the diving. That's yeah. still, you know. Barry, oh, Barry Hall. Punch, first exactly. everyone talks about is a punch. What about the red card, Scott? So in that instance, um, Sydney lose a player five minutes into the game, right? And so they're down a, a, down a man basically for the whole game. And I was in that press conference. John Longmire was clearly not impressed. Would you advocate the red card? So that means Tommy Bug after an off-the-ball hit like that. Tommy Bug, that's it. And then so both teams are even three men on the bench. Would you be yeah. a fan of that or not? Yeah, I would. And I think it does make – because it seems like when you think about it, it's really unfair then. So – that, like Callum Mills did nothing wrong. Yeah, gets hit off the ball, yep. and then Sydney a disadvantage in that game for it. Yeah, um, like what? If, what if that was? What if they lost? Yeah, yeah. What happens if that's round twenty-two and that the winner of that game goes into finals? Yeah, and it's Josh Kennedy. Yeah, and you'd just be saying to four of you guys, wouldn't you? Just clock four of them. We got a four-man advantage, and yep. yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't be saying that, but that's something. Yeah, and I, I think the red card's got merit. It's not something though that you'd want to see. You'd want to see it twice a year. Yeah, max. 
and just the, the, the and it, I don't think you know like oh, off the ball and has to be off the ball off the ball um, yeah, head high punch things, things like what happened then yep. that's bang red card off the end you don't want to you know oh well he got shirt fronted in an on the ball collision like well you know you don't want to get to a point where you play <laughs> red cards coming every week yeah and so particularly but it does make sense maybe if you wait for the if the AFL waited from the feedback from the Sydney team right the Sydney team right so he's concussed he's out for the rest of the game so then it is absolutely clear yes can confirmation it was off the ball so you need some criteria in there and yet that's when the red card comes out maybe it's a quarter time yeah i yeah. think that would be a pretty good call yeah, I think it'd be a big shift for footy but i think it'd be a good oh, call oh i just think it's oh, it seems funny because we talk about um you know, wanting a fair competition and um, equalisation, all that type of stuff. It, yeah, when people brought it up, and I was like, well, it does have a bit of merit to yeah. it, and I think it could work and keeps the game even. You can imagine how hard that would be oh, to achieve. Incredible! It's so hard. hard. That's that's why I guess it's it's once or twice a yeah, year. Yeah, once or you're, twice. You're a year. really pulling it out for like situations like this, and this that was pretty clear cut. Yeah, you and could it, be like, well, and, and it hasn't and happened for a long. I was going to say that's. The first time it's probably happened since Barry Hall. So what's that, yeah. like 10 mm. years, 12 years? Yeah. yeah. So you might have gone 10 years without – that's the second red card you've seen in 12 years. But, yeah. Um, yeah, for instances like those, I think it's definitely valid. Because not only the other thing too that I reckon people don't take into account is you go in with 22 players, a rotation system all set up, ready to go, mm. everyone's game times, and then losing a player, how much load that – doesn't sound like much, but 3% to every player loads you up and then – what happened if Kieran Jack does a hamstring because he had to play five more percent than usual? Yeah. Does it in the last quarter? Then you lose him for four weeks, and you know that's one that gets overlooked pretty quickly. But did they not have the sub rule in place for stuff like this? <laughs> stuff like this? Because <laughs> you, you'd ha- you'd take him off. No, you'd well, have I thought, a sub I thought come the sub and... rule was more. They sort of spun it that it was for this, but I thought that was to stop the rotations. Yeah, more than anything, and yeah. the speed of the game. But yeah. it would have helped in this situation for sure. Well, it's yeah, almost it like the reverse sub rule. You take someone out instead of adding someone in yep. because of what happened. Yep. But I, the sub rule, like I'm oh, no. on that. <laughs> Playing your debut Not as a fair. sub, give me a spell. I think the red card uh, as you, the situation for you know that incident maybe once a year, maybe once oh. every two years, maybe yeah, even yeah. less. As you sort of said, maybe it's only you know, the Barry Hall has been the last one. Certainly there aren't too many King hits well, off the think- ball. You couldn't think of any off the top of your head that would deserve a red card. No. Hey, Nick Rewalt, did you see his cheeky... Oh, I didn't, but I knew, like, when I heard about it, he called for the ball and it wasn't actually his kick. Like, players do it all the time. Do they? All the time. Well, you get 50 metres if you muck it up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's what every player's trying to do. Um, and the other one you see is when you get a free kick, another player will go up to the player and they'll wait for him to get the ball and, like, give me the ball, give me the ball, and they'll go to give it to him and they'll just move out of the way. Yeah. And you get 50 from it, so... Um, yeah, I don't, I've heard a bit of the commentary around it, and um, it happens a lot more than Rewalt just got him. Do you try and do it? Um, I've done it a couple of times. It hasn't worked. <laughs> but, yeah, it's sneaky. I reckon what cleared it up straight away for me was the umpire. As soon as you heard the umpire, the umpire said, uh, give it back to, to memory. Yeah, a lot, of pla- memory. a lot of players do ask whose free kick it is. Because oh, if you're yeah, not sure... Then it's clear. If you're not sure... You know, like if it's a marking contest and the free kick goes, St Kilda's free kick, there's four people in the pack. I think you you get the time as the player to be like, whose is it? Yeah. And they'll be like, oh, Rewalt's ball. You can throw it back to him. So I would do that to delay the game anyway. Yeah. You shouldn't be – you shouldn't get sucked in, I think, as players. And it's probably one that I reckon every club will, will speak about through this week. Yeah. Just make sure you clarify whose ball it is because, like anything, now that, now that people have seen it, they'll – other clubs are going to try and do it. 
maybe Griffin Logue was a little bit starstruck because you've seen his player profile. It's like, who's your favourite player? Nick Rewald. Wanted, wanted to give Rewald a goal. Yeah. So who, well, after that happened, did Rewald actually get a kick or was it Memory that just got the 15 kick the goal? No, it was Memory got okay. the... Um, the uh, yeah. the fifty meter penalty, yeah. um, which is pretty. Well, it's the same as um, you know early in the year when Sean Grigg took ruck contests. Mm. Everyone was calling that smart. Mm. So I guess Rewalt's is smart. Yep. For uh, get a goal out of it. Important premiership points. Eddie had roof mate. It's blown up again. Open or shut? Shut, please. Just weld the bloody thing. <laughs> We've got. I is reckon, there a the, reason why it stays open? Well, is it because of the MCG? Or? Well, you think of the MCG. That's played yeah, in the sun. Yeah, but the MCG doesn't have half a roof sitting it's over the different. top of it, so there's no like shade and light and like it looks terrible when on TV. Like, oh, players kick the ball to the wing and then. Almost hits a player in the head and it's like a fumble because you can't see the thing coming. So how, t- how, how challenging is that? Oh, I remember we don't play at Eddie Hat much, so we don't have to deal with it. But round one, I think it was like 2011, we played there and it was like that. And like, if the ball got switched, you almost will like go a short kick into the sun before we go the next one because you can't see the thing. We change the way you kick yeah. the footy. Yeah, like, it's just, it doesn't look good and just shut the roof. The the three of us here, one Jono, one player, one awesome fan. Um <laughs> As a fan, it's terrible to watch on TV. Yeah, shocking. Well, I don't like it as a player. It is hard at the ground watching because, yeah. you know, if you're out in the well, yeah, you see stands, you've you got see to fans yeah. block the glare. Yeah. Um, and from my perspective, sitting in the media box, we are in the shade. So then, you know, when it does go into the sun or goes from the sun. Of course you're in the shade. Mate, it's beautiful up there. We've got like um, little hot dogs, you party pies. You weren't the guy responsible of stealing all the pies out of the Actually, I've done some media no, box. No, but I know who that was. I've done a few games in radio a few years back. Yep. Um, and I was surprised at how well. ABC? Set up, yeah, I think it was ABC, and I was being surprised at how well looked after the media box is. There's all the drinks and food, and that's why I couldn't fit it's good. My it's, pants, mate. It is good how everyone sort of interacts with each other, and um, yeah, there's also a fair bit of banter that goes on between boxes about other boxes. And <laughs> not everyone likes good. each other up there, Scotty. Yeah. It's, uh, it's something I got to get back into. I enjoyed doing a bit of radio when I like a few years ago. Why didn't, why didn't you do it? Yeah, well, I might, I'll start getting back into it. I At Triple M, we have uh, Lee Montagna, we have Luke Hodge, we have Nick Rewalt. They're great to bounce off because they can pick apart structures. Yeah. You know, like what you said before, exactly what you said before in terms of the points of the compass, yeah. they can pick when people are out of the out of their structure yeah. straight away. Yeah. Where we watch it, I mean, a lot of times sort of got no idea, but really? you, got, you guys are all, ah, <laughs> you guys are all over that. I okay. think the, the bigger you are, the, the more precious you get to. Surely the bigger names, the bigger commentators, the guys that have been doing the rounds for a while. The bigger you seem to get, the more you get looked after, the more precious you get. You I'll want, come in and do You want your free pies, your you Gatorades, don't touch my stuff. Set me up with a game for Triple M. I'll okay. come in and work one with you. Do it. Well, let's do it. Um, how, how long do you have to get there before the game? Well, we've got to do a two-hour preview, mate. Oh, well, we still <laughs> there. Well, you're out. So do you get – so like you often 20. see me mucking around on the ground before the game? Every week. Yeah. He's your biggest <laughs> fan anyway. It's probably one of the, well, the best. That's, it's like one of my favourite things about – Playing AFL is you get there two and a half hours before the game just and you a go bit of out. SPT time. Oh, you just SP10. go out, muck around, walk out the to the middle. Yeah, just it's you got a whole stadium to yourself. There's barely anyone there. It's what sort of stuff do you think about? Do you think about footy stuff or do you think about nothing? Horn and Pacquiao on the weekend. I was nervous for Horn and Pacquiao. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nothing. We often play games of like who can hit the post. So there's like three of us. Like if you hit the post, yeah. You know, you owe me a coffee during the week or yeah. I hit the post on the weekend and I get to put a Instagram post up on Geordie Degoe's profile and Jeremy Howe's profile at some stage oh, this really? week. So um, I'll be doing that. 
probably tomorrow. Stay tuned. You might want to play Who Can Kick the Set Shot Girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We haven't thought of that one. That's a good one. It's good for you, Coco. Yeah, good, Coco. Hey, um, should we do What's Hot, What's Not? Yeah, go for it. What do you got? Um, my What's Hot... Um, he hasn't thought about it. Oh, I did when I met him. the podcast. My, 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 is my what's hot is Australian boxing. Because I think we it got put back on the map again. Yep. For so long we hadn't had a big fight or anything like that. So like Jeff Horn and Pacquiao fighting in Brisbane. The event was amazing. The undercard was really good. There were some good fighters on the undercard. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a really good event and well supported by Brisbane. I think they had 50-odd thousand people there. The weather was amazing so hopefully they come back but Pacquiao's been saying he wants it in the Philippines the next fight really and he wants to pick the judges and he wants to pick the ref oh he's not gonna <laughs> lose is he well no. how many people out of the 50,000 do you reckon were it was pretty even but do you reckon they were into the event do you reckon they knew footy it's or a bit they like just the, it's probably like the AFL grand final yeah um you know half from there are there for the game another half are there because of their corporate packages and they go and they are neutral observers um but yeah, a lot of people that went to that 50,000 would have just been, A, you get to watch an all-time legend fight in your backyard and mm. B, there's a local guy fighting. Let's, you know, as you said, as they've been commentating about the, the Rocky story. So, you know, it was a really good thing for Australian boxing. What's hot for me is the uh, defensive forward. So as we've seen with the tagging on JJ and the tagging on Jeremy Howe the weekend, which was a little Taylor Geray, we haven't really seen that until the past couple of weeks um, because halfbacks really, um, they're, they're doing as they're pleased this season, I reckon. They rack up ball. Jeremy Howe's been very important. JJ crucial. These defensive forwards, if I am uh, – so you guys are playing Essen. If I'm Essen, if I'm Johnny Worsfold, I'm putting a man on Jeremy Howe all day. Well, he's got a man. Yeah, but someone to really um, – rather than someone who's going to go play more offensively, yeah. I'd have – a defensive forward yeah. playing on Jeremy Howe. Yeah. So does Howie know that, that the tension's coming? Yeah, he would know. You got a... Um, what's, what's not hot? What's not hot? Ooh, I don't have much for what's not hot. Oh, I've got one. Um, you go. Well, this is a controversial one. It's your teammate, Benny Reid, being dropped out of the team at the weekend. My view is that that was a very surprising decision. And I'm not sure in hindsight that was the right call. Scott, my view, um, I would have put him up forward. He's a pretty uh, a pretty flexible player, and I think he'll be back in the team pretty soon. All-Australian player, uh, premiership player. All um, really, yeah, he's been yeah. All-Australian. I think it was 2010, maybe? Very accomplished. I mean, I, know, I think I went through the stats this week. I'm like, how in the hell can this happen? So I'm going through the stats. Talk to champion data, and Lyndon Dunn is actually the second best player in the competition. I actually couldn't believe this, and this is my my fault, my mistake. Um, he is the so second. Did some research. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I, st- I didn't think he had been that successful in the one-on-one contest. I think he's only lost thirteen percent of his one-on-one contest. So, which puts so he's the second best one-on-one defender in the comp. In the yeah, 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 yeah. Which was unbelievable. It's good though that you've. Like I, and this is not having a go, but it's good that you go and look into it that deep instead of just going. Oh, in my opinion, I think this should happen. Blah blah blah. It's, there's often, yeah, behind the behind the scenes, it's you have a look and you find that sort of stuff out behind the smoke and shadows. That's the one thing. What does he provide? What have you found that he's provided, Scotty, coming into the club from a leadership point of view? He's very vocal. Yeah, he's very vocal out on the ground, and he's been a ripper ripper guy to get in, and he's been playing. Really good footy, almost career best footy, I would say, for, for us. So mm. he's been a good um, pickup. Yeah, he's been really important. Good recruiting move. I've got the numbers here. So McGovern has only lost 6.5% of his one on one contests. Lyndon Dunn from Collingwood, second in the league, 12.9%. Doesn't he have some jukes, Jeremy McGovern? Yeah. Oh. 
The MacGuffin like family. Got, He's got one of the most yeah. stickiest hands ever. Yeah. But I find his physique so interesting because okay. at times he sort of looks Ooh, like, well, He doesn't look like a footballer. Right? He's a fitness challenge. Yeah, exactly. He's one of the best defenders in the league, clearly one of the best players in the league. You look at him and it's like he doesn't – you look at Rance and you look at McGovern and it's like, does this guy work out during the week or not? Because remember the, the uh, Eagles um, sent him off to the twos for a bit, wasn't allowed, allowed to train with the squad because he came back so fat one Christmas. Anyway, so McGovern first, 6.5%. Losses, Dunn, tw- uh, 12.9. Carlisle, 16.7. Rant, 16.9. Stephen May, they're just the top five. So Dunny, the second best one, one defending the league. That really surprised me. Even so, playing forward, I reckon. Oh my, what's not hot? Yep. Jay Clark cancelling on progression fitness on Saturday morning. Oh, what? So we had a session booked in, and I can see all the back-end stuff. And oh, boy. Jay Clark <laughs> doesn't is, turn up to the class. Your research. Yep. Scotty this is my research. research. So what? I text Jay and... Yep. Jay, where have you been? He gave me a real clip. Oh, <laughs> excuses out of the woodworks. Well, okay, so I got a bit fat, and but I'm back in the blue pants at the moment, which is a really good sign because for a fair while I haven't been able to get into the blue pants, but I'm back in them. I've been training at your gym, Scotty, and I've, uh, I've done four sessions, and um, I nearly threw up in the first one. Well, four sessions total. Yeah, in like okay. three that's weeks. Okay. Or no, two, two weeks. Yeah, but well, the weeks. thing is, you did his, oh, you did your body fat. Analyzer oh, too. Yeah. yeah. How'd we go? Nearest to the pin. It's the most confronting thing I've ever done. Was so it good like, though? Was it good to get that information? Absolutely excellent. It was the yeah. biggest wake up call of all time. So basically, the uh, I've got to 24.5% body fat and that is 22 kilos, 22 kilos of pure fat that I'm carrying around. So your man Lionel, who is an yep. absolute guru, he said, basically, I've got to lose 10 kilos of fat because it's got to the point where... It's probably a bit worrying from a health perspective. I've got two young kids and, geez, he hit me right between the eyes. With some yeah. We went through my diet, my diet, so like all the sort of wines on a Wednesday night, you Wednesday know, for night, dinner. Wednesday night wine. Wednesday night wine, that's out. Friday um, night froffies. Yeah, four, Friday night <laughs> 4.30 sort of a cheeky Freddo frog, that's out. Carbs <laughs> at lunchtime. I had two salads for lunch yesterday. That was the oh, – when, so when we got the message that it was like, boys, I ate a salad and yeah. I thought of you. It's like, <laughs> okay, that doesn't happen often, but. The sounds of it. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But uh, look, I'm back in the blue pants, and I've got to lose 10 kilos of pure fat. So um, I think it's good to get, like, just not for you, but I think everyone, because it, it was brilliant. Even speaking to Eddie about it, he's like, you just over time, you just like you prioritize. You, you don't prioritize your own health. There's so many things going on in your life, and he yeah. reckons. He's saying to me, he's like, I reckon for 10 years, I put on a kilo a year for yeah. 10 years, and you don't really notice it, and all of a sudden you're 10 kilos overweight. Yeah, he's like, oh. You know, I'll, for me and for my family and for my kids, I want to get mm. back in tip-top shape. And yeah, yeah. So well done, mate. Lastly, on that, I only cancelled because I've had this cold for two weeks, and I booked yeah because oh. your gym is so popular, Scott. You have to book six days in advance for these freaking yep. classes, which are excellent, by yeah. the way. Can you get a bigger gym for us? Yeah, so we, we can get more yeah, than twenty tuned. people into stay a tuned. class. Stay cool. tuned. Cool. So um, and then like I, it was just um, I couldn't do it like. I was just, you know, this fluid got on top of me. But, and sort of like still Bernard Tommy last night at Wimbledon. Well, what's, your, what's your view crook. on that? Well, I watched him play. He got a bit bored. Well, I thought he was crook. He looked he, he looked like he can't, um, he looked like he couldn't see. He was squinting so much. And I thought, has he got like a migraine or a headache here? And his body language is terrible. And I thought he was just sick. And then I watched the game and he got done in three sets. And um, yeah, it was... It wasn't great to see. And then I read the paper this morning. He said he's only really playing tennis to make money, so he doesn't have to yeah. work after. I, somewhere I read that he made he's made four million dollars in his tennis career from prize money. Yeah, yeah, but then there'd be plus a lot of endorsements, stacks on endorsements. Do you reckon he'd be getting much endorsements now? 
Yeah. Is what is it? Rated seventy something in the world? Yeah. I reckon yeah, they'd be still. dropping off. Like you're not. You wouldn't want to be on a player. That, well, he, it's crisis know. time for Bernard Tom. Yeah. He says he's bored on the on the court. Nick Kyrgios says he doesn't. I like Nick Kyrgios to be honest. What would you do if a teammate said, "I don't really enjoy doing this"? Well, I'd say, well, then it's not for you, and go play in the VFL for a couple of weeks, or have a few weeks off and rediscover it. Because oh, at the highest level, to not have the desire, or um, yeah, it's really concerning. And you can you can see that he doesn't have the fire in his belly by how he plays. And I think that's everyone would say they get frustrated. And I don't know tennis that well, but he's got some amazing ability. Just stands there and goes whack, and just Great can timing. play. And so is Kyrgios. Can can go, but Novak likes to train with. Um, Tomic more than anyone else on the tour because he hits the ball the sweetest. Yeah, right. He doesn't clang it. He times it so perfectly. It's one of those ones where it's he's taken on the burden of playing for Australia. When as kind of a kid, you just really you're good at tennis. You want to go out and earn a living, but you've got this burden for playing for Australia, and it's it didn't look too concerned when he was driving yeah. around in a Ferrari at but, eighteen. But I reckon you cop a lot of that, and that's. At 18, you're not going to be mature enough to be able to handle the situation. So it's, it's more the people around him. And I see that more as a, yeah, a, yeah. a call so for team. help. Yeah, like, he's crazy, Dad. And Kyrgios has had that forever where yeah. he hasn't had a team and doesn't feel like he needed a team. Yeah. And, and well, yeah, I was listening to Roger Rashid talk in the coverage and he's he was saying that he doesn't feel like it's actually – it's a byproduct of what he does off court as an athlete. Like I, I can vouch for that. It's what you dish up on the weekend is a byproduct of what you put in throughout the years and throughout the weeks and – and you're here on your day off. Yeah, and if guys, well, I'm doing this. I'm not really working towards the weekend's game, but I'll get out and do some recovery after it. But <laughs> just trying to give you a pump up. Yeah, but I do. Like it is. It's a byproduct of what you're doing. You know, you'll see inconsistent players, and they're probably guys who are inconsistent trainers or yep. motivation fluctuates for them. So well, yeah, he, he says he doesn't work as hard as he should. I always found it staggering that he said like he's only playing, so he doesn't have to work after tennis, and he's just doing it for money. Wait, that's, is that that hard to believe? Though? That's a slippery slope. Mm, you're not going to win. No. Nope. All right, jumping into our social media, we got oh, I like this one from Coco. P- everyone does. It's my so wife's favourite Coco. Every look, time she listens to this podcast, so Braden was funny again. I always am. Uh, PM6 <laughs> Design, we got one for uh, Scotty. Who will win the NBA Rookie, of the, Rookie year. of the Year? Simmons, Fultz, Ball, or other? Good question. Um, PM6 I don't design. really know much about the other guys. I've watched uh, Lonzo Ball play. He's really good, I think. Ben Simmons, I think, is clearly the favourite because he's had a year in the system, developed Being a bit injured. more. Um, but yeah, like what position does he play? Well, he doesn't really have one. He's like a point forward. Um, yeah, so I think he's probably the guy that will win it. But yeah, like last year, Malcolm Brogdon won it. Nobody knew who that was. So the, the from Nets. Milwaukee. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think about your man Joe Ingles getting paid? Oh, and Paddy got good yeah, deal. Paddy. Joe got a great deal. Um, 50, talk of 40 million? 50 for Paddy for four and 52 for Joe for four. Massive. So well done to both those guys because in the NBA you get what you deserve and those guys had amazing years last year and played their role. And one of the things that gets so underrated is how good of team guys they are. They make the extra pass and they're not all about themselves in the NBA, which is extraordinary. And the NBA guys love the Aussies because of that glue guy. Oh, factor. absolutely. Yeah. Sort of and there's, there was, there's talk at the moment of Derek Rose going to Milwaukee. And Dally going to New York. Really? That would be huge. I yeah. love that. Dally would be a great addition to their team. You thought about your NBA career thinking, you know, 50 mil? Nah. nah. You, must have. you love it at Collingwood. At least you don't go to bed every night just thinking that you passed up on one of the best <laughs> opportunities of a lifetime and you're just nah. really content where you are. And what and I, was only at that. I was only at the AIS. There's a lot of water to go under the bridge in the basketball career. 
Let's not let's not be humble now. <laughs> uh, James McCleary has heard that I don't know. SP mentioned once or twice that he likes a coffee, so he wants to know what your favourite cafe is and where to get coffee. The famous on Saturday, yeah, Saturday. Saturday. Like um, where, where's your favourite cafe to get oh. a get a get so a? So my favourite, yeah, go to Saint Ali in South Melbourne. They're serious about their coffee there, aren't they? Great coffee. SP you, can rating. Co- you can get a coffee board, so I have that. Um, Christmas Day, go there for breakfast, get the coffee board. So it's three different types of coffee. Uh, free that one. was my breakfast. Free I had one coming your way. Three coffees. Three coffees for brekkie and mm. any food. Poached eggs on toast, really and that's it. I think you're a coffee knob. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's elite. So a- get there, James. Uh, AP wants to know what you said to Jax before going through the banner. Now, this is obviously a personal thing. Yeah. What? Um, no, you, well, it's funny because I had, him, I had him on my chest and I couldn't see him. And I wanted to see, see him, so I... Picked him off my chest and no, he was awake and he was looking at me. And I, I just said to him, "Where do you want to start? Do you want to start off the back or do you want to start in the middle?" <laughs> um, he just said, "You'll start on the bench." So yeah. he's, he's, funny guy. He's going to grow up knowing his dad has the best sense of humor. Yeah, exactly. What time did you go to sleep after the game? So you watched the boxing. Yeah, I watched the boxing and then I stayed awake with Jacks for a bit and um, I don't know, probably eleven thirty. Yeah. You sleep like absolute crap after games. I still do. Yeah, I bet you do. That's it for social. I just want to get get your thoughts on UFC on the weekend. Just a quick one. Rob Whittaker fighting Aussie. Yeah. Big fight. Romero is a gun. Yeah. He's an absolute... He's like 40 years old. Yeah, he's... Yep, 40 now. And Whittaker hasn't put a foot wrong. No, he hasn't. But he's surprised the whole way through, hasn't he? Yeah. Very good counterpuncher. Yeah, every fight he goes into, you think... And Amanda Nunes as well. Yeah, the the lioness. I reckon. Well, you got to beat beat the champ to be the champ. Shevchenko has lost to her via decision before, but it was really close. Um, but yeah, it can't really split that. And then Overeem versus Wardum, it's kind of good guy versus bad guy. Word Wardum's kind of he kind of reminds me of like an Alex Rance. He's just a joker, happy guy. Overeem's angry, big angry guy. Um, Anthony Pettis. Yeah, Pettis kind of needs to bounce back. Fighting Jim Miller. Well, he, yeah, Pettis Journeyman. was on an absolute tear. tear. And then now he's just lost like four out of the last five or something ridiculous. And he still looks fit and raring to go. And then, yeah, the journeyman, Jim Miller. So uh, that'll be an interesting it's one. It's on Sunday, isn't it? On Sunday. Yeah, I'll find my way down somewhere and watch that a few mates, I Just think. a local yeah. pub. Yeah. Pub. Have a couple of beers, Cody. Um That was a joke. That was a ripper. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can't just say you can't Tyson do that. You can't Goldsack do actually wrote a bit of an article on the AFL PA website about me and said that I was the worst joker in the club. Joke teller. Potentially in the league. Is this, very harsh. Is this where we're meant to jump in and say, oh, no. Funny guy. Very harsh. Very funny guy. Well, well half the, the jokes I tell I don't get. It's not well, yeah. my fault. Oh, so you're saying that everyone's dumb because they don't understand your jokes. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> the other day I said to the boys before side. training, what's the difference between... The number zero and number eight. A little line in the middle. Oh, so number eight wears a belt. Oh, God. Geordie DeGoe didn't get that. <laughs> still, I don't, still, he still hasn't registered. Wow. Still hasn't get it. registered. Geordie. Well, uh, before we leave, uh, fellas, uh, Tom Boyd taking some uh, time away from the game after being diagnosed with clinical depression. We know Jeez. Travis Cloak, your former teammate, Scotty, is uh, also taking some time away from the game. Your fo- uh, current teammate, Alex Vasolo, has done the thing. Just a quick word on this. I think it's great that players are sticking their hands up uh, when they're having these sorts of troubles and getting the uh, the treatment and the help they need. And I think uh, it's, it's uh, really rec- recognition um, for how 
how far forward our game has come. Um, it's kind of just where footy is now. It's like so, it's a safe environment. You can come out. There's yep. there's places to go to get help, and everyone's on board. Yep. Everyone's encouraging. Everyone yep. just wants to see. I think it is. It's a safe back. environment in terms of now coming out, but it's not in terms of the feedback that the media and fans give because they are so ruthless. Social media. If you play a bad game, they absolutely destroy you. Yeah. Go through your football club, your teammates, and there's filters on social media that I have that yeah. I can't see any of it, so it doesn't bother me. So you just follow the people who follow you, kind of. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So if I if I send something out and someone I follow follows me, then um, sorry, if I follow them, I can see what they say. Yeah. But yeah, like after, after a game, if mine was open to everybody, it's you're almost getting hate mail. Yeah. Do you think you would have played 250 games if you? if you were more open to that sort of abuse and that sort of stuff? I think it probably would have weighed on me a lot heavier. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, you, oh, like, I would have hated to have checked mine after the weekend. Like You would, you just cop it and they're yeah. relentless. I've got a feedback about my, a couple of my stories, that's for sure. Maybe I should do the same thing. Coco, great to see you for another week, mate. Oh, cheers. You can have Thanks your, for the coffee too. You can have your cold back, mate. Thanks, Thanks for, for the, the coffee. You've got it. Yeah, so yeah. you've lost two in a row oh, on a coffee bet now, yeah. Coco. I'm, I'm, I'm tipping. This is my biggest tip for the weekend is that we change who runs the tipping. Because well, as soon as Jay's really taken over, fair. Oh, like structure. Well, how about he wouldn't let you change? You, you, you oh, that was stiff. Yeah. So I on the weekend, I we had the Giants first Geelong, oh, yeah. and <laughs> I had I tipped Harry Taylor for most goals in our coffee Silly. bet. And Silly. Well, I was thinking, you know, he might get the second defender at the Giants, blah blah blah, and then Menzel was a laid out. Wiley Buzzer comes in and goes forward. Yeah. So clearly he could. He's probably only in his development, can play forward. Yep. So I need to swing someone back. And what do you know, Harry Taylor goes back and then Jay wouldn't let me change. It was two He's minutes into the game and Jay wouldn't let me change. Jay was tip. ruthless but, too. Oh, no, I think that's fair. Think really? That's fair. Started pulling out stats, how many games yeah, Harry yeah. Taylor's played back. They're the that's rules fair. of engagement. It's always going to come back to bite you. History's going to show us that I haven't lost one yet. Coco, you've lost two. Yeah, and but you're the Scotty. head of the competition. You yeah. run the competition and you that's haven't right. lost one yet. It's sucks. Scotty, good luck at the weekend Thanks, versus mate. us. Another Cheers. big game. Look forward to a strong game from the past. Coco, you've been Funny as always. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Journal Show. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Bye bye.